this stings a little for some people, and I'm not sorry. Your body is a resume for how much you value this life. Welcome in to Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nielsen. On today's show, we brought on again Dan Staten from Elk Shape, and we talk about fitness and elk hunting. Let's give it a listen. You've shared some pretty hard experiences that you've faced before. What are some near-death experiences or just hard experiences that you've had, and how did your faith get you through it? Well... Hunting can be dangerous, like anything, you know. I don't really, man, Miles, I don't like sit there and worry about all the, look, you know, the bottom line is we we are literally sharing the mountains with cougars. I mean, how many cougars have I walked by unknowingly? I would honestly say countless. Uh, I share the mountains with grizzly bears, and they are not only apex predators, but they also this straight up steal your food that you acquired. You know what I mean? Whether it be the food in your backpack or maybe an animal that you just killed. And then there's wolves, uh, there's injury. You could fall, um, all that kind of stuff. So I don't get too worked up about that. I have had a couple things where they've just been, you know, fortunate that it turned out pretty good, but, um, I think the biggest thing that I I could probably drift your question a little bit more relatable to some of the hunters listening is like, Hey, I started hunting um, elk in 2001 and it didn't take me very long to start hunting for elk by myself because not everybody was willing to take the time off and go. And I still, I just had an unwavering passion and I, and I was actually kind of pretty bad at elk hunting so I needed as much time as possible. So for years and years, I would just figure out ways to go whenever I could. And a lot of times that was by myself. And elk hunting, the elk don't like hang out by your truck where you park. So you pull up in the dark, you got to get out of your truck and you got to get to where the elk are probably going to be. Well, you can wait for it to be daylight, but elk have four legs and they cover country fast you're probably not going to catch up to them. So you kind of like use the dark as they're eating. That's their time of time of the day to eat is at night. So while they're kind of holding still or not moving very much, you got to cover a lot of country to get where they're at. And I was really uncomfortable being by myself, check in the dark in unfamiliar mountains, hiking with a headlamp on and having thoughts of, am I going to run into a bear? Am I going to run into a cougar? Am I going to get lost? Um, but my passion for success outweighed all that. And it just over time, that hunger slowly drowned out any fears of the what if. And to the point where I'm in the dark a lot nowadays, but, you know, while hunting. And I'm okay with it. It's really not even a big deal. It's not even a second thought. But if you asked a lot of hunters right now and no one was around to hear their answer and they really were truthful and transparent, a lot of grown men are afraid of the dark. 
and they'll they'll have opportunities squandered because like well, it's kind of getting late. Sun's about to set. I only got thirty five daylights. I'm not thirty five minutes of daylight left. I'm not gonna hunt. I'm gonna kind of work my way back to the truck, and so they'll miss a lot of really good elk hunting opportunity because I just quite honestly don't want to walk back five miles in the dark. So over the years, I've kind of been able to kind of squash that and really um, use it to advantage. Um, but you did ask about the faith component. And so there is no question. There is a huge faith component. I wouldn't say it has to do with like a prayer of protection while you're hunting. And if that's something people do, that's cool. But more or less, the entire dialogue throughout the day with the creator is real because there is no cell phone ringing. There's no notifications. There's no text messages or emails. You're in the mountains. You have peace. You have solitude. You've found a new church. And the mountains provide that to where you can have kind of an open running dialogue with the creator throughout the day while you're hunting. And to me, that's one of the biggest attractions to hunting is just to get away from the noise. And I didn't invent that. You know, there, Jesus invented that. He was the one going to the top of the mountain to be still and to be quiet. And so I encourage, you know, if it's not hunting, find your reason to get into the wilderness or even get somewhere where it's quiet, it's still, and you can listen. Um, to, to your point, with nature um that's so many that's such a common thing and i feel it as well whenever i have my time off you know i i live we were talking before the show i live here in arkansas uh i've lived out in missouri and arkansas the last coming on 10 years this year and i love when i go on hikes by myself out in the wilderness in the woods um it's not in the mountains you don't get as much of a majestic view, but you do still have the life that is all around you with the woods and everything. And I just love, like you said, that open dialogue. And it's so funny because when I'm at work, it's hard to do because you have all these distractions and all these things competing for you. But when you take that time off and you go out into the wilderness by yourself in that solitude, like you say, it, you can't help but have that open dialogue, like you're saying, right? just that peaceful, Absolutely. peaceful feeling and everything that comes with it. So I like that. Um, I want to, I want to go back to getting in shape. You had a show, a guest Josiah on, and he had a really inspirational story where he was losing weight and you were talking through that with him and he's, he's getting into hunting. You, you mentioned in there, how to avoid the yo-yo, but you didn't go into any details. So I think that's something a lot of men struggle with. A lot of people that I know also who lost a lot of weight and then they gain it all back. What do you tell people to prevent that from happening? Okay. So prevention of the yo-yoing. Um, yeah. So one side note is that podcast was published a couple weeks ago and I've already gotten an email from a gentleman who's in the same boat as Josiah, over 300 pounds, has lost some weight on his own, and actually lives within 50 miles of Josiah, and emailed me, and I was able to connect him with Josiah, and I'm super excited about that opportunity for those guys to work together as accountability partners 
for they have similar goals, not only in elk hunting, but and just general weight loss to take control. Uh, and that's kind of what the body is. It's like the body is a resume for, in my opinion, this may make this stings a little for some people, and I'm not sorry, but your body is a kind of your body is a resume for how much you value this life. Like you've been given a vessel, you've been given a temple, and you take care of this temple, this gift. And if you fall into that trap of just kind of sliding back into your old ways or your lazy ways or complacency, time goes by faster than we'd like to admit. And then boom, a couple years down the road, we have a dad bod. And it's not like we intentionally set out to just let things slide we have a million things going on every day and we're trying, I understand we're trying to make a living. We're trying to raise a family. We're just trying to do all these things. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to take care of that resume. And I can judge somebody like with like the best of them. We all judge knowingly and unknowingly. And so when I say your body's a resume, I just want you to think of it as what is your resume telling others? Do you know, does it tell others that you do value your fitness and you value um, the opportunity to have this moving organism that you can take to all these cool places and provide for your family and provide adventures? So with the yo-yoing, I do want you to do an evaluation, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Are you squandering this gift this vessel yes i have been okay cool step two what are you going to do about it what are you going to change nothing changes if nothing changes right so i think people yo-yo the most when they take shortcuts what i would say that i read one time that really struck a nerve with me was that like the longer it takes, the kind of the more satisfying it is when you finally get there. And the shorter it takes, kind of the least satisfying it is. So what lasts is the stuff that takes the longest and it's, it's, a, it's a struggle and it's a journey, but you stay on it in consistency and continuity. And this is like cliche territory, Miles, but truly, if you can avoid shortcuts and lose weight slowly on a trajectory where you have your eyes set on months, if not years down the road, and you just want to steadily, slowly get there, but surely overcoming obstacles because life's going to happen. Things are going to get in the way. You will undoubtedly hit a plateau. It's actually several plateaus. But as you, over time, break through those plateaus, make adjustments, tweak, and stay on your A game, you will get to your goal. But if you just all of a sudden go, all right, tomorrow I'm going on a keto day. I'm going to eat nothing but just whatever, just protein only. I'm cutting all carbs out. Oh, bro, carbs are going to find a way back into your life. And when they do, you're going to blow back up. So I think with avoiding yo-yos has everything to do with setting a trajectory and going at it, what will feel like a snail's pace, but honestly, going at a realistic, consistent pace that you can sustain over time. And eventually you'll get to your goal and you, you'll have ups and downs. But I think a lot of folks, man, when they, they set themselves up for failure real quick, when they make a bunch of overnight drastic changes that are not sustainable, and then 
you feel worse about yourself when you eventually fall off the bandwagon and struggle to get back on. Which is hard for a lot of people to hear because everybody wants a quick fix, right? They don't want the slow and steady wins the race. They want the, I want to get it done now. And it's hard for people to hear that. And and they all sexy. No. And it's, you know, it's just like launching a rocket takes a lot of energy and so does taking care of yourself. And but if you want to, if you want to break those old habits, that gravity that keeps pulling you back, you got to put a lot of energy into it and you got to stay on top of it. You can't just have it be this short. It, as you were talking, I, I was the other night I was reading, I can't remember which part in Psalms it was, but it was talking about the grass growing versus the cedars of Lebanon. Right. And that's what you're saying. It's like, you can get this quick fix, but it's going to be like the grass. It's going to be for a short season. Or you could go that slow and steady with the cedars, right? And then it's gonna it's gonna be lasting. And and so I love I love hearing that from you as well with fitness. It's not a quick fix. It's a slow and steady game to play. Yeah, like I said, it's not very sexy to hear, but I I, I promise you, I'm not lying. Um, and I wish it were different. I wish you could get results fast. It's just they usually don't last. And it was just like I said at the very beginning of our podcast, staying in elk shape is a heck of a lot easier than getting into elk shape. So they kind of coincide. Have you always been in shape yourself or have you ever had a story where you struggled and you had to get in shape? I, I'm sorry. I have never been out of shape, but I mean, everybody's version of shape changes. I have helped a lot of people along the way, but I think I've been blessed to kind of always have elk hunting in the front view since I was 21. And prior to that, it was sports and sports performance. Uh, So I've always had these extrinsic motivational type things right in front of me that just made it easy to be consistent, but I'm still a human being. I mean, yeah, man, pizza and a cold beer always sounds better than a six-ounce chicken breast, one cup of rice, and three cups of steamed veggies and a glass of water. Okay, I'm 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 gonna keep it real here, but you know, once I eat the pizza and drink a couple of IPAs, how do I feel about myself? Not like how do I feel, but how do I feel about myself afterwards? Am I like, oh, that was so satisfying and worth it? No, that's fleeting. And how do I feel the next day? a little lethargic. And did I get myself any closer to my goals? No. So again, like you said, everybody wants it now, but before you make that decision to maybe indulge, ask yourself, is what I'm about to eat going to make me feel good about myself or better? And is it going to make me perform better tomorrow? And sometimes who cares? I'm just going to live in the moment. That's cool. You know, 80, 20, eat clean 80% of the time and give yourself some freedom to have some, be a human. But I think my point is made that I do think everyone needs to bump up that governor, that filter. I call it my elk hunting filter and I'll make decisions through that filter. And a lot of times I'll come out on top with a good decision made. Yeah. I like that 80, 20 rule as well. Cause it's almost impossible to do it 100% of the time. Um, yeah. 
just cause you give yourself those habits and, um, it's good to sometimes let yourself have a little bit of freedom. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. What kind of music do you listen to when you're working out? Oh, if, man. if you, if you listen to music. Oh, I do. I definitely do there. Um, I am like, I'll listen to anything, but I'll give you some genres. How about that? Like just the other day, it was like, I've gone through like phases here. I tried Spotify for a while, like the paid subscription. I liked just typing in playlists and going to whoever's and that was cool. And then we did Apple music for a while and that was actually not that good. There wasn't a lot of playlists. You just kind of had to pick an artist and run with it. And then um, currently we're running with a paid subscription for Pandora. So we do like streaming music while we work out. Uh, the other day it was just a straight up classic rock. I think it was Led Zeppelin station. And it wasn't just Led Zeppelin, but it was that that kind of, I like, I grew up listening to all my parents' music. So that's always a good go-to for me is classic rock, we'll call it. Um, any Anything that ha- has kind of a, a good hard riffing rock will always be good on those days you're lifting heavy. Um, I do like hip hop and rap as well, but my kids are in the gym a lot of time with me. So I purposely don't listen to that stuff uh, when they're in there. And um, so that's, that's definitely occasionally Um, if it's like, if it's like a Sunday and I am, bored and i just want to go break a sweat it'll be worship music a thousand percent but it'll be a real low-key like just riding a bike for an hour um that kind of vibe but uh eclectic i would say i just i'll I'll listen to anything as long as um you know it's got something it's either got a good message or a good beat we'll bump it up i have trained without music many a times and uh that's always fine too just to be there in your thoughts that's always good too I'm a, I'm a classic rock when I'm lifting, when I'm running, it's more like pop rock, I would say, cause you got to keep that beat up. And when you're lifting, you get that heavy, like you were saying that riffing and stuff that kind of helps you, um, get through the hard, like the last rep, right. Type thing. So, oh, um, yeah. you were saying we, uh, in your gym, are you working out with friends and family or is it just. I mean, how, how, how do you usually do that? Yeah. So lately I've had somebody in there at all times. Like for example, today's Thursday, today's a rest day for us. So we've already got three workouts in this week. Uh, I had a guest in town. We were making a lot of YouTube videos and he's a, a diehard CrossFit guy. So of course we did, you know, CrossFit style workouts, um, my main brand manager, videographer, photographer guy, he works for me five days a week. He's he's always down to work out. So him and I train. His name's Jeff. Uh, my wife and I train a couple times a week for sure. Uh, usually weekends I'm solo, and I go. I train a little longer on the weekends just because I I don't feel like the crunch for time, and I can kind of go a little at a a more in intentional pace. I don't have to be on, you know, this, that, the other, but you know, I, I like it all. I do try. I like, I would say this week I trained pretty hard, like hard, harder than I normally do 
my friend Blake that was in town is a competitive CrossFit athlete. And we basically just tried to beat each other in every workout. And that's, you can do that in doses as well. Um, friendly competition, camaraderie. We're, we're bros, but we are trying to compete for points on a whiteboard. And uh, that can be good too, just, you know, depending on. I would say having a training partner is super awesome if that partner is reliable and you peer out the side of your corner of your eye and you can see that the workout sucks just as bad for them as it does for you. That shared suffering does kind of bring up the morale and it's, it's nice to go through something hard with somebody. Um, but you need to get some solo bouts in where, you know, no one's in there, but you miles, you're tempted to maybe shave a round off or call it a day or quit a little early. And you don't man those dividends. When you start making those deposits mentally and gritting things out on your own, they really add up for elk hunting in the fall. It does. It does get tempting when you're by yourself, right? And nobody's watching, nobody's going to know. Um, but when you're on your own, what I do like about that too is you do get a little more freedom of, you know, trying new things. But it is hard. It is hard when you're on your own to kind of push yourself because you do tend to get a little lax. So. Last question that I want to ask is, do you have any big hunting adventures on the calendar of big hunts that you've never done before or anywhere exotic or just something really cool? Well, I don't have anything on the calendar. It's pretty early in the year. Uh, generally speaking, this time of year, we are planning the year ahead. And it starts in the spring. I was trying to hunt in Alaska this spring, but... I've also, this year is just going to be one of those years where I'm trying not to travel as much for non-hunting events. So last year, I think we did seven elk-shaped camps. Those are live camps on throughout the country. We're only doing one this year, and it's going to be in Spokane. So I'm not even, I live in Spokane, Washington, so I'm not even traveling seven times for events, which is great. Um, one event that I do do is I do total archery challenges. Those are like a 3d mountain archery course, like a festival get together. Uh, it's not competitive, but it's just a fun shoot. You ride the chair lift up and then you walk down the mountain shooting the various 3d foam animal targets for practice. I'm doing two of those this year. I'll be doing the big sky and the one in Salt Lake city. And then as far as actual hunts go, um, I will be out there bear hunting in the spring, turkey hunting, doing some scouting in the summer, depending on where I can get elk tags. A lot of elk tags are not, uh, those are draws or certain things like that. So we just have to wait and see what we come up with. But for right now, the only hunt on the calendar is an Idaho elk tag. And then um, I will end up with a Washington state elk tag here in my home state. And then the rest is unknown and unknowable until probably early summer. Which states aren't draw? Because I grew up in Utah where it's, the, at least, I mean, I take that back. Spike, you can go buy a permit, right? But um, Big Bull, it's a draw. Is there anywhere that's not a draw for Big Bull, L? Oh, that's a hot topic. But I will say this. There are still plenty of over-the-counter opportunities where you can go to Walmart and buy yourself an elk tag. Utah is a great state for that. Obviously, it's usually a Spike or Cow. Uh, my home state, Washington also will always sell you an over-the-counter tag, whether you're resident or non-resident. And, uh, that's always nice. 
Oregon has over-the-counter opportunities, but they are only on the west side of the state, not the east side. They break theirs up. And then there's states like Montana where it's a general tag and you have to draw it. Idaho has an over-the-counter tag, but it's capped or limited, and they sell out December 1st, year over year. Colorado's always been the state where you can go get unlimited over-the-counter elk tags, but I think they are changing things. We will see how that goes. Um, Arizona is very, very difficult. They do have over-the-counter tags in uh, Arizona, but it's usually very lousy hunts. Um, Most of their hunts are draw. Same with New Mexico. Most of those hunts are draw. And so Wyoming as well. And I mean, you almost need a degree in elk tag allocation to learn every state, which I, I mean, and it changes year over year. So it's, it's a moving target. I do miss elk hunt a lot and just living out here in Arkansas, I, in Missouri, I haven't been hunting, even though we have a ton of turkeys and I keep wanting to go every year. And I just, I, I need to put in the time, but I miss, I miss those hunts a lot. Well, Dan, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Could you tell the listeners in closing kind of, you have, you have some programs, um, like getting in shape programs and stuff online. Um, and that camp you were saying that you would do, you, you did seven of, could you kind of tell the listeners about those, um, if they might be interested? Yeah, we offer online training. It's called elk shape training. You can just go to the website, elkshape.com and sniff around. Um, we do that, and then we do the live elk shape camps, but we're only doing one this year, and that will be an in-person camp. And that's like a three-day kind of get-together, hang-out, break-bread type of a vibe. Um, but if you want to absorb some of our media, we're pretty hard on hitting in YouTube, the world of YouTube. We do that quite a bit, and um, we're on social media as well, just elk shape. You can find us. And that's where we ended our show. I just want to tell Dan again, thanks for coming on. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe and spread the word. We're going to end this one with another manly mystery sound. Thank you for listening. Barbell on the floor, it gets me really annoyed.